You have entered the place of no return. This is our new Twilight Zone podcast. Welcome to the final episode. The penultimate series. Season. I say that all the time. I mix those up. Finale. Of the place of no return. My name is Bradley Jones. My name is Andrew Moldenauer. And I'm Andy Huber. And this is episode 10 of season one. My microphone is falling oh to the my, ground. You know, Jesus. every oh. week I tell you to tighten that clamp well, down. Not this every week, you, week every he's week. like, not it's this so week you tight. It's so tight. It's not tight this week. Oh, no. Gotta tight that clamp. Gotta get that tight it clamp, was, baby. I thought... You were like gonna fall forward with it. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought like, I thought you were just gonna like pass out, like have a heat stroke, and just like, like fall right on the table. I was table. like, who's falling over the oh, mic like, or Brad? Oh, like, oh boy, <laughs> let's get some water splash on this guy. <laughs> Hold on, we'll get this. See? Now it's done. No, that sounds like it's being fixed. We it's, fixed it. It sounds we'll official. It. Season one, episode ten. Blurry men. So, the name's so, Jonathan Blurry I'm so blurry. <laughs> no one's ever been able to see me. Not no how, not no where. I'm always blurry in the background. Jack Nabbit. Oh. Kids not even looking at me. Just get some glasses. Jack <laughs> Nabbit. Glasses play a, a part of this. I've been very. Episode. I was very excited. I'm very excited to hear what both of y'all have to see. To I'm excited to hear what you. This. You have to say because it's it's been a while, like a month since we, I've seen That's this true. episode, and we, then I saw we it watched twice. it together. This is the first yep. time I think I have not watched this episode it. immediately before recording because I did watch this like a, a while ago. Well, you a couple had, we days had planned ago. to record, yeah, that and just we didn't, mm-hmm, didn't happen. Then, but mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it has been and a few days. Someone bought a dog, <laughs> ruining the podcast. Terrible choices. So. Yes, this episode starts with a fake out. So yeah, it starts with a twist right up front. We got a twist. What a twist! But uh, do you do we see the twist coming? It seems a little overdone, it overacted. Seemed, I don't it know. does. Yes, it, it feels it's a goofy, but it's intentional. Why, why I did like that yeah. the so I, I thought like the trailer for this episode for the last one. Yes, did a very good the job of not you. letting you know this was coming. Like mm-hmm. they that happens too often. Where like the promos that some station gets completely ruins the next episode, and you're like, thanks. Someone's got their hands one. all over this. Yeah, it's but it's too blurry to tell. Making sure that secret's not see getting it. out. Yeah. Is that person Rod Serling? Because he got his hands all over this episode. From the grave. <laughs> from the CGI grave. How, see, that's very Twilight Zone, though, right? You know, it comes back yeah, there's from always, the dead. There's a lot of CG in the early Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> yeah, of course. They use it all the time. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I'm just, I'm, I can't hold on to it. It's not real. Yeah. They don't use CG. No, they don't. In yeah, the original maybe series, in the, maybe, are you saying, maybe in the maybe in the two thousands? Yeah, they they use green screens a lot in the two thousands. They yeah, probably use some but... green green screens like crazy in the eighties. Yeah, why not? Well, they definitely use green screens in the in the original series. Um, sometimes a lot of projector. Oh, you I think remember. so? A lot of. Do it you was think they didn't have the green screen back then, um, or did they actually? I mean. And I should ask you, it's uh, not it's black game? and white, and so they wouldn't be able to know if it was green. The colors, Ooh. man, they're so vivid. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but this one fakes you out by making you think that Seth Rogen is the lead, which I was. I mean, I like Zazie Beats a lot. She's great, especially in Atlanta. But mm-hmm. I was also like kind of hoping that Seth Rogen was in it for more, yeah, than uh-huh. he actually was. 
Not that that's a slight against the episode whatsoever. No, yeah, it's a little bit. But it's bit. a big, it's a huge fake out. If you, if you gotta, they if you throw gotta this like actor. A-list celebrity up there, and they're like, "This is the episode." Yeah, and then... Seth Rogen just rolled over in his grave. You called him A-list. Wow, that's a big deal for him. Come on, he he's, is he's, actually A-list. No. Wait, is he dead? He's he's yeah, a he's starring dead. person, wow. and he's dead. Oh, wait, Seth Rogen. <laughs> he's got, he's got a new movie coming out with Charlie's Thurin. That's all po- posthumously. Oh yeah! Oh my God. Every Seth Rogen movie you see is posthumously. <laughs> wow, he's, he's, he was just hologram yeah. the whole time. They're like de- old, they're dedicated he was extremely to him. active. Very in uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did need to ask Andy a question about this because do you want to ask me it instead? It, sure. Not even a little. <laughs> oh, well. But the episode starts with Seth Rogen as a writer. Mm-hmm. And did he have like he had like a script that he was supposed to be re- rewriting? He was or writing fixing? a Twilight Zone episode. From yes, what I thought. Maybe it was just. A I don't movie think he was or writing a Twilight Zone episode. I thought he was that, writing, yeah, he was writing I, a book true. or something. I think that was. Cause I sort of read into that afterwards. I assumed it was like he's writing a Twilight Zone, but could have just been a screenplay. The premise that they start with is that what he writes ends up coming true, which I. I feel like I remember that being an original Twilight. Yes, it is, sir. I don't know enough about that. It's the season finale of the first season. Oh, how fitting then. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that is a full-length episode where a guy writes a story, manufactures all these characters, they come to life, and that kind of becomes his world. There's also a John Candy movie called Delirious. Yes, there is. Where he wow. everything he writes becomes real because he was he writes this for a soap opera and then he writes himself into the soap opera and then like the, the late mean late like the the main lady like writes like a love interest thing and stuff gets, gets out of control hmm. when he realizes he likes he's like inside of his own soap opera and things yeah. that he writes happens. Jack Gable may appear to be successful, but he still has his problems. Here, let me help you up here. Especially with women. Jack, when are you going to stop kidding yourself about Laura? <laughs> going on between me and Laura? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but do you? Till one day, the writer of the sappiest soap on TV. These heart, lung, liver transplants are almost routine. Good scene. Really great scene. Had a slight accident. And woke up to find himself. Living in his own show. You're in Ashford Falls Community Hospital. <laughs> there is no Ashford Falls. <laughs> See for yourself. Oh, no! All I want to do is get out of this stinking little town. You say you're a writer, then, then, then write your way out! <gasps> What's the rush? Where am I running? <laughs> now, I'll make Rachel beg for me. With the help of his typewriter. He can make himself into the man he's always wanted to be. I love this. But suddenly, things just aren't going according to the script. I didn't write any of this. And all he wants to write his way home. Oh, God, I couldn't have been that drunk. What else did I write last night? But getting there will require the minimum of typos. The bartender needs more cold deer. Not deer. Beer! John Candy. I know this may sound crazy, but I created this whole town! (laughs) Marielle Hemingway. (laughs) Emma Sands. Me. Raymond Burr. What the hell is going on around here? Delirious. I'm in hell, and my punishment is spending eternity on my own show. 
And it sounds like that would be an amazing movie because it's got John Candy. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it's good or not. <laughs> if, if, if it's similar to Who's Harry Crumb, then that, I'm going to love it. It might have been. The candy might have been bad at that point. You think so? It might have. like sour candy? It, yeah, it was a little sour. Ooh. A little mm. too tangy. Did he ever have a sour moment, Mr. Um, John Candy? Well, he got real drunk a lot, especially in the later years. Where, like in real life? Yeah. Did alcoholic? that come across in his work, though? Uh, Yeah, it did. Hmm. Huh. I never knew that about him. Yeah, it was real bad. That's what happens when you're an A-list celebrity. <laughs> just like Seth. Just like Seth Rogaine. So. All right. So let's talk about this episode. Though. Yes. So he's, he like writes about like, hey, there's been like a nuclear war or something or nuclear winter. Yeah. He goes through like the process of like a writer like, oh, I'm such a hack writer. Oh, gosh, I wrote so garbage. Yeah. And then like, oh, my God, if I only turn these two pieces around yeah. and this element happens before that plot element. Genius. It's a... A genius move. The woman who was in Get Out. Get Out. Uh, yes. Is, I wrote shows the Fred and I had this discussion. Uh, oh. Betty Gabriel. Okay. She's also an upgrade. Oh, she is. You're right. She's the police officer. Yeah. She's really good. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. She shows up as like his girlfriend and he's like, oh, like let's go out for a night on the town and celebrate the fact that I, I'm a master writer. Turns out what he was just writing like literally a second ago. Yes. The entire world Also was, aliens like, or robots are invading. Yeah, she said something about like, says, the like the Reapers are going to we'll be out here soon or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. It sounded really cool. It I does. was like, it what sounds- is happening? <laughs> I was getting ramped up for this episode. But I could tell it was like very campy. I was yeah. like, this but, is goofy. Yeah, Seth but Rogen at the same time, that funny. wasn't going to be like completely out of character with some of the previous episodes. So I was like, are they just going all in on that? Like, just getting that real ham one out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then all um, of a sudden, Jordan Peele then we shows get our up intro. to do the narration. Yeah, the narration. And, and he's doing like a face, right? Does he do a face this time? Not the no. f- not immediately. He's just not very enthused about the words he's it's saying. It's very flat. It's yeah, obvious. he's giving a very flat oh, right, performance. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like going through part of the speech, and then this is the big moment where he stops saying the speech, mm-hmm. and then we get a shot, and they're on the set shooting the, the Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah, it gets it's it's this, and it just gets more meta from here the whole episode. And that's also happens in an old episode of the Twilight Zone where a guy doesn't realize he's a big movie star. Oh, um, I yeah, no, he's, he's like. Yeah, you're right. No, because he, he doesn't realize. Yeah, he thinks he's a real person. When he enters the Twilight Zone, yeah, suddenly like a, he gets up to like. I remember this because he gets up to like leave work or something, and yeah. then oh, someone he's yells, like a cut. stage actor, right? And, yeah, like all, he turns around and there's like no, a, it's an a, actual it's a crew it's like a filming crew. him, and he's like, "What the heck?" And they're like, "Good performance out there today, Bill." And he's just like, "What? Oh, what are you talking about? This is my life. This is a performance." Wow, I only vaguely remember that. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot from that one, but I do remember that happening. I think it's called a world of. I wrote that down. Hmm. Okay. If you want to look that up. Yes, I do. Uh, we get some Jordan Peele really being Jordan Peele, which yeah. I really like. All he he the was so good. Narrator been comes off of him. And funny. He eats a popcorn. That's fun. He's mm-hmm. like he's like joking with Seth Rogen and and the actress yeah. that I can't remember already, even though you just told me her name. <laughs> Betty Gabriel. Yes. <laughs> uh, and they're like kind of joking around, but he and he like demands to see the writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to punch this out. Yeah. Rewrite this intro. Yeah. I hate it. This intro sucks. And they have a dialogue between the two of them. Mm -hmm. It's art versus... Art versus entertainment. Entertainment is the conversation that gets talked between them. Which is sort of the premise for the underlying current for the entire episode. Mm -hmm. It's established essentially that she's sort of this longtime fan of the Twilight Zone. and She's terrified of the idea of trying to live up to the original. Yes. And she also doesn't like what they're doing to the new Twilight Zone compared to the old one. There's a fun line. He talks about how... 
how important it was that Rod Serling was being the narrator in every episode. And then Jordan Peele says, well, we'll wait until until our, our thing yes. is in every episode. I guess I just thought the whole point was sort of like the slippery slope, right, from the path from superhero movies or like stupid sci-fi crap to idiocracy. <laughs> I mean, you know, our show is sci-fi, right? Yeah, but it's the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Twilight Zone isn't just monsters on a plane wing, right? Mm-hmm. If there's nothing being said of importance, then it's just campfire stories. So you don't like campfire stories? No, I did when I was a little girl. Look, what Rod Serling did was he took this silly genre kid stuff and he elevated it. He made art with it for grown-ups. And the reason he's in every episode... Well, he, until now, right? Until now, sure. Which I realized, like, after the fact, it was like... No, he's still in every episode just as the twist actor in this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving it away, but... Yeah. He shows up in this episode. And yeah. And his, his, his hand has been in every episode we've seen so far. Yes. In one right. way or the other. I guess I didn't obviously get that she was upset that they weren't... Or she was worried, I mean that it wasn't going to live up to the original series and that she didn't like where it was going. Well, yeah. I don't know if she, I really got that, but it's also been a little... Because Peel is sort of... His his argument is like we should be... He's trying to argue that we should... They should be like more direct about what they're trying to do, I think. And she... Well, or that... No, he wants to make them more campy, more like entertainment pieces. And she's like the whole point of the Twilight Zone is to like deliver a message within... Uh, a goofy story. She like says within... it's not just about the creature of the week. Yes, which it sort of is in this new season and some of the episodes. Well, it is, I feel and particularly this one. Yeah, and it makes me laugh too because, like, yeah, this is kind of like the because um, the last episode was uh, very much a, a creature of the week, and that was like one of my favorites for this season. I, I generally like I've talked about for my list of the best X Files episodes. 98% of that list is all cre- Monster of the Week episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a format I really like. And so at the same time, I was like, oh, okay, fine. You don't like me. I take it as a personal <laughs> affront, and I'm out of here. And then I stopped watching the episode, so you guys have to carry it from here. All know. right. Well, Andy and I will talk about <laughs> okay. uh, the blurry man. Yes. And, so blurry. Um, so what starts to happen is that she writes some new dialogue. Mm-hmm. I guess has to give it to him right away. It's got to be on cue cards because there's just no time to... Put it on a teleprompter or do something out of it. And, and this and is where he does at the like face. two in the morning, and they're working on this it's really a late long, night shoot. Yeah, and it's on a studio. The whole thing it sounds like it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and not just that; it's been like a a long while since she's been seeing her family because her sister's right. calling her, yeah. and like you're never answering the phone, and you're always like trying to get off really fast, and you're burning yourself out at this job. Mm-hmm. And I gotta be like, I'm working. I, I'll call you after after the job, lady. It's like I am li- I'm literally back, in the sis. middle of trying to put out a fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to take a five for me and get this done. Jordan Peele starts to read the new intro. And, and he, it, he does kind of a face when he's reading this yeah. one. And right, because, I him up. Because he recognizes that the it, that it's a goof. completely changed, yeah. He thinks something's wrong with the cards. But it is an actual introduction to the episode that we are watching. Yes. Because it talks about... I maybe wrote it down. It was a, kind of a simple It talks thing. about her specifically in that she's the one entering the twilight zone mm-hmm. people kind of like chuckles and like they're like haha kind of like a funny prank or something and there's like a producer i think that's like real upset about or the director's real upset at her yeah because he, he's yeah, but like we never see the director and it's like this he's just assistant. a guy in the corner yes mm-hmm. yeah, you're right actually the one that's like the voice it's just mm-hmm. writer sophie gleason is haunted by a mysterious figure is the title it's just like the tagline for this episode yeah and that's kind of what he says like yeah. something about 
the art for something about thing. yeah and like a blurry by, like something the, yeah, blurry the, is going to come into focus yes you're right that's how it ends yeah. with yeah picture if you will a storyteller finally getting to tell the story of a lifetime except the story is one of inexplicable terror and the lifetime is her own Her name is Sophie Gelson. She has little patience for childish diversions or daydreams, but she won't be able to tune out or turn away from what lurks blurry in the background of her own show. She is about to learn that when blurry comes to focus, there can be no escape from the fate laid out for her in the Twilight Zone. Okay. <laughs> No, I know. I, it honestly sounds like a better episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's where she's like realizing that's not what she nope, wrote. I didn't and write that stuff. She's like, uh, right. How did that get on the cards? Jordan Peele's like, oh, prank. it's. I didn't think it was you, but it was someone. It's like a blooper reel thing. It'll be yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. You thought, like, he thinks but I don't know who wrote that. Like, why would they write that? And then everyone's asking her, reel, like, yeah. did you do this? She's no, trying I didn't to tell everyone, it. yeah, it wasn't her well, fault. Like, keep getting nagged by either like a production assistant or maybe just the producer in general. Yeah. It's like trying to get the thing on the road. It's like, why did you write that on the cards? It's like you're wasting everyone's time. Mm-hmm. And she just goes through, like, I didn't do it. I'm not doing it intentionally. But eventually, she becomes alone on the set. Yeah. Everyone yeah, they decided of like a lot of Twilight Zone episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought just they decided to like take five or something, and they're yeah. just like everyone just gets out of there. I guess right before that, she goes to the editor, the who's editing all the episodes of what we've seen so far. Yes, and she keeps bringing oh, up right. this guy that's in the background of yep. every episode in a scene, and in every single take of that scene has that guy in it. There's no way to edit around it, mm-hmm. and there's just a blurry figure. In and the they background. think it's part of her prank that she is clearly now so. doing. Or something. I don't know how yeah. you'd be able to pull that off, but. She's crafty. She's a head writer. We see now, different Did you clips. guys go back and watch? No. I didn't really need to because they do show you them in the photos. Okay, so I found this, this out where they are. that in the episode, so the guy is not blurred out. It's just a guy. Yeah, it's just a guy. Okay. He's not blurry. So, But then when, when they show you that in that episode, he's blurry for some reason. Yes. The guy in the photograph in the Mission to Mars one. Was, he's was blurry, blurry in that episode. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, but like um, the comedian episode, he's not blurry. I, he's yeah, yeah he's not in that because we noticed him in that one. I noticed away. him too in the Point of Origin one too, when he like he pushes her past her, her at the checkout. Yeah, he's just guy in a suit. Yeah, yeah, moving by. He's hidden pretty good in some of the episodes. Yeah, where some like, of them. Where if you told me you saw him, I'd be like, you're lying. Yeah, <laughs> like especially mm-hmm. the the it's not all men. He's literally just like oh, boy, out of yeah. focus in the background wearing a black suit within a crowd of people. Yep, it's like the camera just moves past him so fast. Yeah. No never way. be able to see it yeah yeah it'd be too hard and then same for uh one of the other ones he's in like the very back of a, a long in hallway re- of a crowd oh. mm. in replay he's like just in the background by a car and it, yes like, i feel like i saw him in that one too yeah, i, I want to go re- re-listen to our episode on that one because i wonder if i'm if i caught him because i felt like that was familiar but i'm <laughs> at the same time I'm like maybe it. i'm just yeah. thinking Whatsoever. i'm giving myself too much credit yeah i'm pretty yeah. sure we all <laughs> but but it was neat that there was something in there to tie all these episodes and together, which was which is what we were looking it's, for. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind but. of the fun part is the fact that like you know there's so many reoccurring themes already present that you don't you may not notice the one they've they're hide they're actually hiding. Like you're looking for the ten fifteens, right. you're looking for there are stuff the in, whipples. There are obvious things. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I is I don't know if that's necessarily just part of the lore or if it's also a misdirect. Kind of getting you to not see it. It's it's a lot of fun. There could be a third layer for all I know. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think I don't years think later, Jordan Peele's going to be like, oh, yeah, I had this, but no one figured it out mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she gets chased by the blurry men. Yeah, she like hears something mm-hmm. across, and so she starts venturing to out into the other. Yeah, she's trying she to like, like, find other people. sets from other yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She keeps finding this book that's on a counter, mm-hmm. and it's called The Blurry Man. Yeah, and it just has these weird flipbook style graphics of like a blurry figure like chasing. Yeah, she does it like flipbook style, us. where she yeah. just like goes through mm-hmm. like a couple hundred pages really fast, and it shows like a penned out person she thinks it's just a, a prank of this guy following her but yeah. it gets a little too real he i i realized after the fact like he's physically destroying the sets yep which i didn't put together until it was like like why is he just like breaking bottles or like knocking over shells and it's because he's taking revenge on the current series essentially mm-hmm. oh is that why he's doing that i think so I couldn't really understand yeah, the motivation I that is so much. That, I was like, why is he might, choosing to throw books at her if he wants to reveal himself? It might be fishing, himself. but that makes Maybe. sense, right? Mm. Like, he is I so I can understand both sides. Current, like, yeah. yeah, it is a little bit of fishing because it's hard to really discern, like, what this is. Yeah. And then, yeah, so maybe, could, maybe he is no. also upset. Because I didn't see it as, like, that he was angry about this series or I something. Think, I, think, I think that yeah, was I the intention. I don't, I didn't it's hard to tell because, like, when he revealed himself, he didn't. they didn't talk about that whatsoever. No, I was like, why no. was yeah, he throwing I don't books he at? Her? I think I think it was more just like uh, that's that's Twilight Zone is like the scary creature coming at you that you don't yeah. understand or see. Yeah, but yet it was Rod Serling. <laughs> yeah, it's like he wouldn't throw books at people. It's um, kind of silly how she trips over the dolly, like classic horror movie style. That's and that's I'm exactly like, what I'm thinking. I'm like, they're, they're no. doing more of the tropes of like the classic. Oh, I can't run at all, so that he the monster can catch up to me. And the monster just kind of envelops the screen as like a cut to commercial kind of style thing. Yeah, and yep. it's like it, the classic jump back to the show. And oh, no, forget about fine. the cliffhanger. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating. I was like, huh? Huh? But she starts to hear a voice in her head. And yeah. it's her own voice. Yeah. Just, like, taunting her and talking to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, is, is this where she realizes that, like, now no one can see her? Um, eventually, I think that happens. It might happen right here. Mm-hmm. It's a, kind of a shorter episode, 40 minutes or so. Yeah, like, she, the voice is talking to her and telling her, like, you need to... You need to like face the blurry man. Like you can't yeah. get away from him. And, and I, I think it wasn't. It's also telling her like something about like you know about her childhood. Like and she has some flashbacks too of like when she's a kid. Yeah, and that's where we get to see that she like grew up watching the Twilight Zone, and then you have her parents playing these sort of opposing ideas of like art, the art versus entertainment, yeah. where she her dad says to stop watching yeah. that stuff because it's not real, or it's like yeah, he's like it's 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 just all fake stories, and his, her mom is like, can't fake stories have a place in real life? Mm-hmm. Can't she like both? Yeah, can't you like both the 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 story element and the serious? The serious themes that you encounter in actual life. And yeah. she's watching Time Enough at Last, which is probably the most Probably the most well-known. famous. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's up there. It's in the top five for sure. Yeah. There was time it's probably now. one of the most it's memorable v- twists. Memorable oh, yeah. visually, too, I would think. Yes. It's, that guy it's, with the glasses. Yeah, it's, right. it's the perfect visual twist. Mm-hmm. And they had a, like a, another in-episode reference to that one when she's like walking up some steps and yeah. there's a pair of glasses on them. Yeah, it gets to that point eventually. Yeah. She starts walking through the the set people are are ignoring her mm-hmm. seth rogan and i have to look at it again betty gabriel oh man are talking betty to davis <laughs> she's got those betty davis eyes that's the problem betty boop she's got betty davis eyes. <laughs> davis Dra- <laughs> and the blurry men's coming for her 
still. Yes. He's, he's again. angry. He's upset. He's throwing stuff. Yeah, I guess he's he is. He's causing a fit. He's coming for her. And does she have... He just needs to use his word. And speaking of using words, doesn't she rewrite the intro to make it something good, and then she thinks it's like everything's fine again? Yes, that yep. did happen. Yeah. Yeah, she writes it to be like kind of a silly... Like She, ke- she thinks she calls them like campfire stories or something. Because mm-hmm. part of their discussion, yeah. too, was the fact that like the, the idea that the original Twilight Zone would do what are essentially campfire stories in different genres kind of lampooning stuff and she's like well it's not just goofy genre pieces or something like you know just goofy sci-fi stuff and he's like this show is a sci-fi show like this is Mm -hmm. we're doing it right now so i mean the meta context is like pervasive through the entire episode which is the point Mm -hmm. but yeah, she rewrites the intro essentially a third time, and she's she's happy. Everyone's happy with yeah, how it, it came sounds out. great. Clap, yeah. clap, clap. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then the voice job. pops back and says, "You thought it was over, yeah, didn't you?" She thought she was out mm-hmm. of the Twilight Zone, but she's not. Mm-hmm. She's in it more than ever. Mm-hmm. They do the sweet one take pan around a room thing. Yes, where it's like full of people and stuff, and then it's not full of people and stuff. It doesn't break the shot, mm-hmm. and it also fades from color to black and white. Yes, which yes. is a cool, I thought a very cool stylistic choice. Mm-hmm. She goes outside. It's the war-torn Armageddon that was in the intro of right. Seth Rogen's thing. She walks up some steps, which sees those broken glasses. glasses. That's right. the, there's Alice in Wonderland, a few other books. like on Yeah, the, the steps, steps are like made in. to kind of look like bookends mm-hmm. or book spines. Yeah. She goes into a library trying to like figure out what the heck's going on. And that's when we get the uncanny valley moment yeah so like <laughs> the blurry man the blurry man's there focus. yeah and finally steps into where you can see him and a head not suitable for the size of the neck shows up of <laughs> rod serling yeah he didn't even have a cigarette in his hand i was pissed off about that no cigarettes in tv shows i guess anymore well one of the that, um, i mean i guess that's the thing but one of the on, one, of, one of the blurry man inserts was He's holding the, the pose of like him with kind of posed up with a cigarette I don't sure. remember which episode it was from, but I was like, that's Replay. like a very classic Sterling pose, I feel like. Yeah, with like the hands over... I like feel the, like they could have got a, over wrist. a better voice actor. They could have got a way better voice you actor. Think? I even mm. thought they could have probably pulled a lot of different... like Audio? Audio, yeah, from the old chopped ones. up like Slice it together. syllables and stuff, and mm. been able to easily recraft that into something that was way better sounding than I, what it was uh, there were so many words that were way off they didn't mm. even sound close to rod Serling. i didn't notice but i never watched i haven't watched enough of the original i don't think so it and sounds the, and very the, different the face was just off like i mean it's uncanny valley it's gonna size, look, it's gonna look off yeah. but the proportions didn't look correct I for the body so. see i thought it looked okay in terms mm. of that i thought it was still uh, uncanny valley in the face just there were in terms moments of where i was like okay this part of it looks good and then it's like he walks a little bit okay that looks a little weird yeah. he sort of reaches out a hand for her and is sort of like come on <laughs> yeah i'm gonna take you into the real twilight zone that was that how yeah it he was like That's yeah we're ending, gonna really yeah. enter she's we're gonna enter a new door essentially mm-hmm. and he takes her through like the twilight zone door i guess it's just about being brave and like facing this fear of the Twilight Zone, yeah, all of her sort life, of. and facing well, that's the fear what, of writing, entering her own story, trying to live up to the original. It's all metaphorical to the show. Yeah, it's, it's all, all about it's all about it. trying it to, to balance Peel's exactly. It's trying to balance the the uh, the message that you're trying to like a mess a serious message you want to convey within a kind of s- not silly but you know supernatural and almost childish kind of story wrapper. And how do you mm-hmm. strike the balance between the two? 
And do you need to strike a balance between the two? Which is a question I think. Yeah, I was going to say because uh, there's I mean, so many episodes. Which is a question they were goofy. asking throughout this whole series. It just wasn't clear that that's what they were trying to ask until this one, which is the point of you know where do you always have to have that balance? Can it be like you have a very story centric one? Do you or a, a very theme heavy one? It kind of goes bigger and broader than that from just staying out within the Twilight Zone yes. of just reboots and sequels in general. Yeah, it's like. People always ask, like, what's the point of redoing something if it's just going to, you're going to change it so much? Mm-hmm. Or, like, why are you using the name if, you know, I guess the Child's Play just came out today and I heard, or last week, and it's a totally different, like, premise of the original one. Yep. So it's like they could have called it killer another killer doll movie, but because they're, like, living in the shadow of the, the Child's Play, there's, like, expectations brought into that. Right. And but there's like also... There's, like, brought in, like, expectations of this Twilight Zone were pretty high. Yeah. And it's just talking on uh there's also they asking that feeling they asked the question too about if something is an entertainment piece does that mean it's not worthwhile like that like sort of the way i've, I've heard a lot of people discuss it is like the the superhero i'm trying to remember what actor ethan hawk or something recently was like caused a stir up on twitter when he was like complaining about people treating superhero films as if they're like real, real masterful yeah. pieces of cinema or something and it was this, that brings that argument of like sure it's like kind of just a big entertainment piece but is there does that mean there's not value in it the same way there's value in like some incredible like historic piece of cinema or something like, you know everyone's gonna find different things within yeah. those episodes and i think people are gonna have their bias too i'm sure when the original yeah. twilight zone came out people are were reading like i mean science fiction books were like a huge boom oh in yeah the 1960s and it's like oh why don't you just read this like better version of what you're watching on TV? yeah or this yeah you just Luddites. copied this book yeah for this idea people will always be upset mm-hmm. about anything mm-hmm. if they choose to yeah but she's watching and that's the debate her parents have is like mm-hmm. is there value in my little daughter watching the twilight zone and like being inundated with the stuff because eventually she gets a job where she's writing on the twilight zone right now so, it's, she's like you and know she enters the twilight zone it's like fully yeah. consumed her life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this whole show and that could be i think everything like kind of gets brought down to the the producers and the production of the of this show like yeah. the pressure they were under that's just the episode exemplifies it mm-hmm. uh, maybe i'm reading into this too much but is there a piece of the this episode that's kind of also talking about how TV shows in general just become like a part of our personality. Like I like these shows. Yeah. These yeah. are the only I things I, mean, I that, like. That I hadn't even I thought about it, but I mean, that's kind of the whole point of her where she grew mm-hmm. up watching this show. And so she, like, it's so a part of on who she is. Yeah, basically. exactly. And that's part of why she, she's so she intimidated also, writing it. She also has a different idea than someone else in the, making the show has too. Yeah. About what the happen. show means. Yeah. Like everyone's going to have that different, a different opinion of Especially with show. things from your childhood, because uh, I think Peel mentions that specifically, like this this childhood idea of these things you have, where you've in, you've experienced this medium, like this piece of media, mm-hmm. at a very different stage of your life, and you know, just because it's different to you now, doesn't mean that it's not as important or significant as it used to be. It might mm-hmm. you might perceive it differently though, because you're not you're not a kid anymore. <laughs> Yeah, he loved horror movies as a kid. He liked Chud, so guess what? He made <laughs> yeah. a, a movie that was like Chud, but like to a broader yeah. audience. Because she and she mentions uh, <laughs> specifically the monologues and Serling doing those monologues and how like she thinks it's super important that like they. I can't remember if she's the one arguing for like the monologues to be 
more i think more direct about the message because she's like you know when you're a kid watching the show you might miss the themes from the actual episode but the monologue sums it up for you so you can understand it even though you are a kid and peel is sort of the one saying like i don't think that necessarily has to be the case i think the monologues would have a place in being different if we wanted them to be different like it's sort of a back different and forth. Different how? Different, like, less direct. Very less, like, a lot less direct in Which terms I feel of like stating they, what the, sh- the episode was trying to tell you. they have not been direct enough, and then there are a couple where they're, like, overly direct. Exactly, yeah, and that's... Uh, yeah, Finding the balance. It turns out, like, yeah, I guess, whether it's a retro <laughs> retroactive justification or not, that's what they were... They were trying to stir up the discussion about that, which it, it definitely did, because there was tons of people real upset about how over the top in your face some of the themes were and there were other people that really liked how direct they were confronting some of the real issues that we do deal with in current society and how relevant those are yeah and so it's i don't know i think that the a lot of the messages in each episode are very clear but the the dialogue or the model i mean the monologue that they put behind it seems kind of muddled sometimes Hmm. and it See, it doesn't need to be that clear if the episode is. Yes, I understand what it's about. about yes, but like but sometimes I, think, I, think I don't even know if they knew what the episode uh, was about. See, because I think that was his point: is that like if the episode is super direct, my the the monologue doesn't have to be like just restating what the episode just showed you. Like mm-hmm. the monologue can be like, "Hey, like let's put it in a broader context." Well, the or, other hey, problem consider too what is, happened to this person. Yeah. The other problem, too, is that they these episodes are much longer than your traditional Twilight Zone episodes, yeah. so you can get a lot more out there and not have to have a very direct monologue if you don't yep. want to, because mm-hmm. you probably said enough. I'm trying to think. And I think we said enough. Killed, well, I was gonna, that, was yeah. that just killed the vibes. I was going to be like, and I think we said enough. Yeah. yeah. That was, that, was, that, was, that, was, that lull was like a moment <laughs> was deep of recognition. One more thing. <laughs> While she's free having that freak out, she goes through a, another soundstage, like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yes. And Jason Priestley yes. from oh, 90210 yeah. fame is like delivering some weird lines about <laughs> I did not realize that was, was him. It was such an odd stage. moment because, yeah. like, it's so, the camera's, like, passing by him. And I was like, yeah. that's Jason Priestley. He's gone. <laughs> I did not realize his, that was him until, was the, that uh, long. I, until the credits yeah. rolled. And I, in the credits, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> that's what I was you like. Had, oh. You had to have, like, not blinked. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a big old fat maybe. That's going to be an episode of the next season. Oh, I bet it will. I bet absolutely oh, bet it will. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. And, like, a door you just think, like, open, they've already like, shot flies some open, of you stuff. don't see it. That'd yeah. be really cool if a door, yeah, just opens up during... Oh, man, I can't wait if that happens. Oh, weird crossover, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I'm that's, very... Okay, that's the only reasonable explanation why Jason Priestley would be on that shot for literally 0. 0.5 seconds. <laughs> man, I'm really excited to see where season two kind of goes and, and how... It, whether it's significantly different than this season or, you know, what kind of direction it goes in. I, I really don't know what they're going to do with the show yeah. going forward. What's I think going it's the CBS network stuff. If people have it, I guess. I don't know if anyone's watching this show. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> renewed. I canceled it today. Oh, man. <laughs> they were they renewed, uh, the, I mean, this show after, like, the second episode aired, I think. Yeah. They oh, yeah. Star Trek's coming so. back for a third season at yeah. least, I guess. I mean, I guess they're getting in some uh, some subscriptions. Are they going to wait until they get bought out by some company? CBS is a giant company. Yeah. Will it ever yeah. happen? Doesn't Viacom know. own them? Something it's like it's that. it's tough because at the same like we, I, we we've talked about before about the dread of a million different streaming platforms mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't know like i like what some of these places are doing with these shows 
but at the same time, like, but if they are super successful, then I do have to deal with the reality of, oh, I have like, I don't know why they I'm think subscribed they all to twenty could... different streaming networks, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know why they think they all could come out with their own streaming network and it's going to be successful. It's like, yeah, if you have like a niche market. Like Netflix has a lot of different stuff. Yeah. If someone starts something brand new, they're not going to have as much stuff as Netflix, and it's going to be only their own produced stuff. It seems like, especially CBS All Access was their own yeah. shows. But they want that full cut of the pie. They don't yeah. want to share the money. I get mm. it, but like, will people come on board for that? I mean, will you have enough to keep it sustainable? Yeah, I think a lot of people have CBS All Access. It's like one yeah. of the biggest. And I think, and ever. I think for especially for large corporations where they do have like a board or like shareholders yeah. to answer to, it'd be real hard to make the case that you shouldn't even try to make your own streaming sure. platform and yeah. see if it's successful. Yeah, lose money for five years making shows. Yeah, and figure out what to do with it if it fails. Some are going to be better than others, I think. Though mm-hmm. it's it's like oh yeah, for sure. Maybe this is not a reasonable comparison but it's like using like a a search engine or something like that everybody uses google nobody uses bing nobody uses bing every day pile or whatever it is ask jeeves like those don't exist anymore so i think like eventually down the road a lot of these are gonna fizzle out probably i mean yeah in five years from now we'll we'll just all only have disney plus and because disney will own all entertainment at that point it seems like it's going that way they bought that all that fox stuff (laughs) they're yeah. saying now well, disney uh, will be fine for sure now, after, after the fox stick. purchase they said like eight of the top 10 grossing movies of all time are now under the disney umbrella the oh, only geez. two that are not are jurassic world and fast and furious seven eight? or five? five one of the two, yeah, one. yeah one of those two those are the only two on that top 10 list that are not a disney property at this point wow huh. it's like whew, okay well yeah well, yeah but cbs is not really got my vote except for the twilight zone episodes. i have I've, I've, I've been meaning to watch discovery and i just haven't i've heard good things but i don't know i've heard mixed things yeah tv show called discovery star trek discovery star trek. Yeah. oh oh okay yeah there were some previews for other shows that were on the cbs all access i never went and researched no them or i never went to i never bothered i you know i'd click on that original series and they custom. had like 12 things on that list and i'm like yeah. i didn't even look at the other figure it out We'll see. Yeah. I think Hulu did a good job of like waiting to pick like the best property, like a handmaid's tale to like jump in and yeah. make their mark with. I right? mean, and then you have some place like HBO where they're super selective about what they produce, but they really do have a great track record for picking good shows. Whether that's because they have a very good network of people to do them. I think they really know who but... their market is. I don't know if CBS does. I don't know if I don't know if People wanted the Twilight Zone. We'll but. have to see what this crazy internet future holds. Oh, boy. Is that a Twilight Zone episode? That's a Black Mirror episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a series I've been trying to get back into. I haven't watched any Black Mirror. Ever? No. I feel like you're oh. protesting for some reason. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I was a hold up for a long time, it's too, good. until I finally bit the bullet and watched one. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I understand and I know saying. I'll like it. I just, every time I'm looking at it, I'm like, I feel like I need to be in a specific mood to They're watch long. one. Because oh, I know, yeah. it, I know really it's going to be heavy, and I know I'm going to be like, ugh, when it's done. And I'm like, maybe not right now, then. Yeah. And I keep putting the, it off, is what I do. One of the last ones I saw was super boring, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So, like... They can be miss every once in a while, mm-hmm. but for I've the most part, I've heard it's pretty. You should pretty watch good. that. Most uh, episodes the are Star great. Trek one. That one's really good. Hmm. You should just watch. Oh, I think it's season three, episode one. All right, or season four, episode one, one or the other. Yeah, we're gonna do a recap probably of uh, our top ten. We'll give each one a score, and we'll tell you which ones we like the most and which one 
We think stunk. Wonderkind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably it. <laughs>